eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. It's a mailbag Monday, Logan. Before we dive in, uh, we're very excited already for our second episode this week. A little bit of housekeeping off the top. Uh, Jordan Rodrigue just released a brand new series for The Athletic called The Play Callers. Uh, Logan and I have already started listening to it as we're recording this. It's only been out for a couple of hours, but so impressed, so blown away with uh this series and we already have an interview on the books with Jordan for Wednesday. So that is going to be super exciting because Logan, I know Jordan's been doing a lot of press for the series for, for those that don't know, this is a kind of a, a backstory of Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, Matt LaFleur um, from their time, even before Washington through the time in Washington and how they've all worked to evolve modern NFL offense. Uh, and now their coaching trees take up about a third of the league. But I don't know how many interviews she's done with people who actually played for these guys. And specifically <laughs> played on that 2012 Washington team. So I'm, yeah. I'm really excited for this on Wednesday. Yeah, no, me too. And I think just, you know, I just started on probably 30 minutes into the first episode and just the level of detail, like kind of the historical context, you know, the background of Kyle, like kind of his getting into his mind. Like those are... The first 30 minutes were really interesting just to kind of give like a little preview because it like shows you the absolute obsession that those guys have with coaching. And everyone says, oh, I want to be a head coach. But like to be a good head coach, it is it is like it's a huge part of your life in a way that is almost unhealthy. And I think she did a really good job of kind of capturing that kind of commitment to detail. So, yeah. And these guys are pretty unfiltered, like. I have not heard them do a lot of interviews where they're this forthcoming yeah. and honest, which is something I'm going to talk certainly like almost start with Jordan. Yeah. Like, how did you get everybody to agree to this? Yeah. Do they know that, that you were recording? Um, so that, it's one of those types of things. So it's really, really cool. Um, and I'm excited to talk to Jordan about it on Wednesday. If you want to listen ahead of time, of course, to the play callers, you can do that. Uh, you're welcome. The athletic for the free plug. Uh, but you can go check that out <laughs> on the athletic football's uh, feed. And then we're going to talk to Jordan about it on Wednesday. Today, though, we answer mailbag questions. Uh, and this one, actually, Logan, our first ever question from Threads. 
the new Instagram version of Twitter. Is that a thing? Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you missed that? No, yeah. I just assume that I miss anything related to social media. Like I'm barely hanging on right now. So that's a good point. Uh, yeah, no, this is, this is, uh, from threads. And so I want to, I want to get the exact question. This is a great question back up. Uh, but it's about roster construction. It's super interesting. So, uh, Jay Inky 32 says roster construction, given a blank state for today's NFL, in which positions do you spend a lot on free agents? Where do you build through the draft? And where are you content with just a guy? Yeah. I mean, this is such a good question. And I'm sure we could do, you know, like probably two shows on this. But just, you know, we got a 15-minute segment. So to me, I think when you look at the NFL and I think when you look at the analytics, where you want to spend the most money is obviously quarterback, right? I know that's kind of like a throwaway thing, right? Quarterback. You want to kind, well, of, kind of right like well, you want to get the best you value get the, you want to get the you want to get the guy there you want like if you can get patrick mahomes right i know that's like oh yeah wait great insight yeah. logan you want to get yeah. patrick mahomes like you want to like you would be willing for joe burrow patrick mahomes josh allen maybe lamar jackson's in that tier i don't know but those top kind of five guys in the league you'll move heaven and earth to make that happen you know that was one of the things with the deshaun watson trade right is like they thought they had a top three quarterback in the nfl that they could use and kind of elevate the Cleveland Browns roster. And obviously like that's yet to be seen whether that pays off, but in terms of money, resource allocation, roster construction, that's the most important position in all of sports. And you got to get a guy there now to your point, which I think is really astute. It's you got to get a guy who's good. You know what I mean? You got to get a guy right. who's good for that money. Like if you're looking for a top five guy in the league, like you're giving up draft capital, you're giving up money, you're giving up a big portion of the salary cap. It all makes sense. Right. And that's not, great insight by me that's just obvious work right right so here's what i would say though in response to the way the question is asked like where do you want to draft where do you want to spend big free agent money where do you okay with just a guy i do not want to spend big free agent money at quarterback free agent money specifically right i mean i I mean obviously there's are yeah obviously there's there's context there right if if for whatever reason patrick mahomes is a free agent 100 percent. you go for patrick mahomes is never a free agent and that's kind of like the thing is yeah you know, why is a guy who's good at the most important position in pro sports available? That's right. always my question. And like once a decade, you get a Drew Brees situation where he's available because he has a really bad injury and yeah. that injury caused a very bad season. And that bad season meant that they, the team, the incumbent team could draft his replacement. And there's enough of an injury risk that they, they're choosing to go younger. And I say once a decade, because that's pretty much when it happens. Yep. Once a decade, Drew Brees. Once a decade, Peyton Manning to Denver. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they draft Luck. You know, it was, it was Rivers to uh, San Diego at the time. Yep. So, like, if you if you get that once a decade guy, fine. Go Other than it. that, I think the the strategy is to just keep drafting guys till you get the guy. Because so. you know, where where do you want just a guy? Not at quarterback. You want someone special, and so it's worth to continually kind of do what the the Cardinals did. Um, where they drafted Josh Rosen, didn't seem to be the guy. Uh, they move on and draft Kyler Murray one overall the next year because it was worth it to them for you know the upside of what Kyler could be. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. Like, because I even look at like Russell Wilson. I'm sure when Denver made that trade, they thought, oh, we're reliving the exact kind of formula of Peyton Manning. We're going to get him for two years. We'll win a Super Bowl. And obviously, it wasn't he wasn't that guy anymore, right? And you know, we'll see what happens. And I think I want to bring this up just to kind of. Um, you know, just for some context, like to me, the most important thing about your team are your coordinators, you know, like if you have Kyle Shanahan as your OC, 
you can get away with Derek Carr at quarterback. You can get away with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, right? You can kind of it, – it insulates that process a little bit more. So if I'm a front office executive, like I – you know, the head coach is really important. But I want to make sure that head coach is bringing in somebody that can elevate that position, right? So like to your point, I think you bring up a great point. Like in free agency, you're probably not going to get that dude, right? But I – if I'm Kyle Shanahan, if I'm Sean McVay, if I'm Matt LaFleur, I'm okay – with not getting the guy because I know that I can win with Brock Purdy. I know that I can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Matt LaFleur right now thinks he can win with Jordan Love. Look at Mike McDaniel in Miami. He can win with Tua Tungavailoa, <clears throat> right? <clears throat> and obviously they're very talented guys like arm talent, you know, quick release, athleticism, but they're definitely not a top five quarterback at their position. Right. Well, what what I would say, though, is part of the genius of those guys is they know what they want. Like Brock Purdy yeah. is not some random guy like no. Kyle identified Brock Purdy as, you know, like his S2 score, for instance, was extraordinarily high. Yeah. And again, we spent a lot of time in the draft process on S2. But like what that essentially measures is your decision making. Sure. And he, while Brock Purdy lacked some of the physical talent and skills and even production at the college level, there were things there were traits that Kyle looked at and said, this guy's going to learn quickly. He's going to make good decisions. I can put a certain amount on his plate that, I, that we can win with. And he went on and executed those things. And Ky between Kyle's ability to insulate and put the correct amount on his plate and for Purdy's, you know, uh, superior for, especially his draft position, mental processing, yeah. he made, you know, that's, that's not an, an accident. <clears throat> it's not like you could put any quarterback as Mr. Irrelevant in last year's draft. It, Kyle knew what he was getting in Brock, maybe not to that level. I was going to say, um, but like <clears throat> to an extent, that's an intentional choice for that that guy to be Brock Purdy. You know, I was going to say though, like if Kyle was that confident, he takes that guy in the third round, fourth round, right? Sure. There, there's a reason that he's the seventh pick. Like they obviously liked his evaluation. They made him Mister Irrelevant. They could have drafted literally anybody else that was available. They picked him. They want him on the roster. They want him to be a Forty Nine er. So I think that's that's a very good point. But so to me, I think we've established that like obviously quarterbacks the most important position in sports, right? Yeah. If you have good coordinators, you can get away with stuff there in terms of developing, insulating, all that kind of stuff. I think we kind of hit on a good point there that you can't you can't bank on the free agent guy because usually while they are very talented financially, they don't make a lot of sense for your roster, right? right. Because it really inhibits. That's where like that that inflection point. Like on PFF, they call it the Matt Ryan inflection point or the Kirk Cousins inflection point, where the guy is good, but he's not good enough to take any roster and elevate it. The way a Peyton Manning or the way a Tom Brady, the way, you know, Joe Burrow to a certain extent, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes can, yeah. can elevate that roster and kind of take you from okay to in contention every single year. So um, I, the, I think that's a really good point by you in terms of free agency. So, you know, the question is, how do you get there? And I think you alluded to it really nicely. It's you draft. You draft, you draft, and you keep drafting until you get a guy. And so that's why, to me, like there's a couple analytics guys who propose this hypothesis that w you should literally take a quarterback every single year in the first three rounds just to kind of make sure that you are giving yourself the best opportunity to find somebody just because the return on that investment is so high. Now, I would kind of slightly disagree with that because I think you're going to end up with like a lot of talented guys that don't play and that are really big value for other teams. But I think that. That principle, I think, comes across really nicely in terms of the value in terms of the NFL um, is really is really closely tied to the quarterback position. 
Now, kind of leading into the next part of this is like, if you can't get the guy, where do you invest most of your money and how do you allocate those resources? I was going to say, so what is the position or are the positions where you actually would spend in free agency? Yeah. So I think, um, I think for me, it's receiver. Receiver is really high in terms of free agency and it, and people say, oh, well, like, you know, why not DB, for example? To me, receiver is a skill set like from high school, college, NFL, like I'm a high school football coach now. It translates. It tra- You can see it in another offense. You can see it in a different scheme and say, that guy does X, Y, Z really well. We can magnify that here. You know, like it's not like with a DB where it's like, oh, they play predominantly man or they're used to these kind of rules. There's not like this drastic adjustment, like literally receiver outside of defensive end might be the easiest position on the field to learn. Cause you like, now there is a little bit of nuance to it. I'm not saying it's like anybody can go out and do it, but like right. it's a line on a paper and you have to closely resemble that route and be in timing with the quarterback. Right. And you have to be able to win versus man to man coverage. So in terms of guidelines, it's very, very specific. And everyone does the same stuff around the league. Like the verbiage, the terminology might be different, but I'm willing to invest there because I know the transfer is very, very high, unlike some other positions. And like like DB, for example, like DB, everyone, like all these analytics guys are saying DB should be more valuable in the draft. You should be willing to take them as a top five pick. All these things, you should be willing to spend spend free agent money there. I balk at that a little bit because the DB evaluation is so convoluted. You don't really know the guy until you're like with them in your defense, you know, and I think that's right. one of the reasons why, you know, like Forbes was so valuable to this team and maybe not valued the same way around the NFL because he plays cover three match. He plays quarters. He does stuff that they have seen and the transfer rate is so, so high for this defense. So um, that's why I would kind of balk at defensive back. And then the next position for me is probably defensive line because defensive yeah. linemen transfer incredibly well. They transfer from college really well. There's like very solid analytic metrics that support their transfer. So what I mean by that is you look at their uh, PFF run grade production and their PFF pass rush production, and you measure that with their athletic profile, and you basically can just add those up. The people with the highest sums there are the best defensive linemen in the NFL. Like, it's pretty straightforward. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh my gosh, like, can they do this? Can It's like- It's not a, it's not a huge decision-making position. Correct. Yes. It's like, are you a freak? Have you been productive? Yes and yes. Yeah. You're going to be a good pro. To borrow it's, from John Allen, can you line up and whip the guy's ass in front of you? Uh, I love that because that's exactly what it is, right? And so when I see a guy on a different team do it, and I say to myself, he can probably do it here as long as the scheme is relatively similar. Like to be kind of nerdy football specific here, like I don't want to draft, I don't want to draft a guy who's a good three tech and have him play four eye, which is kind of what they had they did with John and Duran here for a long time. They were a little bit out of position. And then you see how, like, when I maximize their position in the defense, you know, Duran gets to play more three, John gets to play more three, get more one-on-one matchups, how it just explodes their production. So I think there's a little bit of scheme, and that's where the coordinators come in. But in terms of guys that transfer super well, that are really easy evaluations, receivers, D-line, and I know there's some scouts out there that probably listen to this that are like, receivers aren't easy evaluations, oh, da, da, da. like it's easier to say like, yes, he can, or no, he can't. There are different flavors of receiver, but that binary yes, no is a little bit easier, I think. And I think especially once they've already been in the NFL, right? Like it's one thing coming out of college, but can you, if you've done it in the NFL, like I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be bad somewhere else. Yeah, Like DeAndre Hopkins went from 
Houston to Arizona and was still awesome. Right. Like Randy Moss, uh, when he went back to New England and decided he was going to try again, was the same guy that he was in Minnesota. Like, right. You know, so as long as as long as there's not other factors, the skill set doesn't really wear down. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, can you do it at the NFL level? Yes. Okay. Well, then you can do it at the NFL level as opposed to DB. Like William Jackson III was really good in Cincinnati. Yeah. He was awful here. Yeah. Um, and so that DB skill set does not translate the same way. It is far more scheme dependent um, in what you're actually asking that player to do. Quarterback, obviously similar. Uh, and as we talked about, good quarterbacks don't become available unless there's some right. major kind of risk. Running back, by the time you become a free agent, age is already a factor, right. unfortunately for them. The other one I think that's interesting is O-line. Yeah. Um, because I tend to think that O-line translates pretty well, maybe not as well as the other two, but... Like if you if you're a good offensive lineman, you're probably going to be a good offensive lineman no matter where you go. Yeah, O, o line's tricky, man. It, it, like it's becoming harder and harder to evaluate college O linemen just because schematically they're doing stuff that's so different from you know most of what the league is doing and the expectations, right? Um, so I think you know like there's a uh, PFF just did a study with offensive linemen how there's like this third year bump for offensive linemen, like they kind of are okay and then by the third year they kind of explode in terms of their efficiency and production and to me that's just like you're getting more information for your cpu you know like you yeah. see more fronts you see more speeds you see more rushers you see more uh, linebacker blitzes you see more coverage rotations and you're just like oh okay like i've got it now you know like I i'm getting more and more comfortable and so i think um you know offensive linemen in free agency become very valuable especially if you're asking them to do something similar because it's they're they're just getting smarter. It's like um, I always say, mar uh, offensive linemen are like martial artists, you know. And like it's like the the, the Bruce Lee thing. It's like you know the guy that masters a, th uh, a thousand kicks knows nothing, but the guy that masters a thousand kicks one time is like you know a, ma or a genius or whatever the heck the expression is. It's that yeah. it's, it's that way with linemen, really. It's like just the more time they get on task, the better they are. And I think this is a total tangent. So sorry to the question. But I think that's one of the biggest things with the, the current offseason structure that hurts that position more than any other position. Because if I'm a receiver, mm -hmm. I can go out and run routes. If I'm a defensive lineman, I can go run pass rush drills. With an old lineman, there's something very specific and tactile about getting your hands on somebody and working combinations. So um, I think that's an extremely valuable position. I'm going to invest there. I think I'm going to invest there because there's an element of safety there too. You bring in a bad tackle in the draft, you can play guard. You can play center. You can move that piece around and make sure that works. But um, I think recently it's become harder to evaluate that position group just because college offenses and college defenses are not NFL defenses and are not NFL offenses, and it makes that evaluation slightly more challenging. So, but that, in terms of hierarchy, that's where I'd go: quarterback, probably receiver, defensive line, depending on kind of you know one A, one B there, offensive line for sure. But it's harder the evaluation, and then in terms of like what you said. I think running back is basically like there's a million of them, you know? Right. Like, well, that's so that gets to the last part of the question, right? Like which positions are you okay with just a guy? And I feel like it's running back and linebacker. Now, just a guy is, you know, relative, right? You want an average NFL player there. But if you have an average NFL player there versus if you have an average quarterback or an average pass yeah. rusher, like the impact on your team is not going to be as, as significant in part because those two positions are heavily reliant on the lines in front of them, offensive and defensive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I also think just look at the draft. Like, look at Brian Robinson. Look at Antonio Gibson. Look at what they've done. You know, like, they're third-round picks. It's not like we had to waste all this draft capital with a guy in the first round. It's like, no, they're, they're good NFL pros. Look at um, Jonathan Williams. Like, he's a fifth-round pick from Arkansas or whatever. He is. Maybe even undrafted. Like, he's a good football player at the running back position. And I think it's it's just – it's it's like supply and demand. There's a huge, you know, over overage in supply, and it's leading to less demand. And so it's not like you can't find – you know, it's not like they're bad football players. It's just, there's a lot of them that play running back. And so it's like, why do I need to invest? Like, why do I need to invest basically? So that's to me, like, that's not a knock on linebacker or on running back, excuse me, but it's just, it's, I think it's the nature of the position and the direction that it's going. The the level of player for just a guy is pretty high at running back. Like just a guy running back can average four, three a carry. Yeah. Um, Just a guy quarterback is going to average 180 yards a game and lose you a bunch. Lose you a bunch of games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, four, three, four, three, a carry running back guy is going to help you win. Yeah. So that's, that's nice. Sorry, yeah. running backs, but you're and just I, guys and that's, that's okay. And then I guess the other one is, um, is linebacker like and linebacker, just because like we've seen with this team, like it's just not a very valuable position. I want guys, who can, I, I want yeah. guys who can cover better. I want guys, you know, if I need to rush the passer, I want defensive linemen on my roster. It's just a weird position. Because it's we've talked about it, you know, on a million podcasts, but it's hard to the evaluation is terribly hard. They the amount of information they have to digest is incredibly high. So it's like it's not I could get the best linebacker of all time there, you know, like Luke Keekley, for example, and that makes your defense way better. I just think it's so sure. hard to find that guy, and then the the return on investment is not that high. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like right. it's well. I mean, the thing is like. How do you, this is like optimal, if you will, but optimal would be finding a Hall of Famer at every position. Luke Keekley yeah, makes your defense completely different. By the same token, Derrick Henry has carried the Titans to how many wins over the last yes, couple of years? Right. So like, it's not like a great Hall of Fame level running back cannot change your entire complexity of your team um, in, a, in a positive way that you just like should automatically punt on just a guy, which was kind of the Bijan thing. Like I love yeah. the Bijan pick for Atlanta because if he's that good and they run the ball that much, he's going to help them win a ton right. of football games. But generally speaking, you can get away with just a guy at that position more um, and you don't need to spend a bunch of draft capital or a bunch of free agent money on it. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. One word answer. I'm going to go through all all basically every position. Um, I want draft free agent, just a guy. Okay. Quarterback draft draft. Yeah. Running back. I've, just a guy, just need yeah. a guy with a pulse so, draft draft can also be like a, a fourth round pick. Yeah, later, right. right. Okay. So like you. investing, investing high premium draft capital, spending a lot of money in free agency, um, or just a guy is either spending low money or late draft pick uh, right. in terms of how you acquire them. Uh, so quarterback draft running back, just a guy, uh, wide receiver. I want to, I'm going to big money. That's big value for me. So I'm going to like, yeah. I'm willing to be a high draft pick, 
big right. free agency money. You know, I need yeah. I need a guy who's going to make some plays for me there. And, and again, like Terry is a good example. You can find those guys later. The the receiver market's kind of going that yeah, way in the like, draft. And you pay them when they they when, get to their yeah, point, right? Um, tight end. Tight end, if it depends on the skill set, obviously. If you got like a Kyle Pitts, like I'm okay with you take he's like a you know, he's a bucket breaker, he's a blue chip guy, right? Um, I would take him very high. But I would say, you know, like this last year's draft is a really good example. Like if if Washington really wanted a tight end, they could have probably picked a guy in the second or third round and been okay. And yeah. I, I think just premium tight end value, like those first round tight ends, they don't bring the value. And it's the same thing with free agency. It's like it's gotta be there's a reason Darren Waller was traded. And I love Darren Waller. I've said that a million times on the yeah. show. Like, there's a reason he was traded. It's just the the position and the transfer isn't always what you want. Right. Um, by the way, I was going to let you let you talk about tight ends because we didn't yet, but you're really crushing this one word thing. Uh, tackles. Tackles. I like. I'm a big tackle guy, so I want good yeah. value there. Like, I want okay. good value. Guard. I'm less fired up about guards. People know that who've listened to this podcast. Just, just a guy. Just a Center. guy. Yeah, center. I'm kind of just a guy at center. I know that and he needs so like someone got like after our last podcast, someone messaged me on Instagram was like, well, you think he's just a guy? Like what's going on there? I forgot who it was. I'm sorry. But honestly, like as long as he can snap the ball effectively and get to his hat landmark in the run game, like if he can do that, I'm, I'm fine. I don't need like a hall of fame center on my team. You don't need Jason Kelsey. Although having Jason Kelsey is nice. great. Yeah. 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 If, we're, if we're getting wish list, Yeah. I want Jason Kelsey or Creed Humphrey. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Defensive tackle. High value there. I'm looking for, you know, like first round big free agent guy. Yeah. Defensive end. Same thing. Same thing. Linebacker. Just to, I mean, you know, I draft a guy, but you know, low round guy, yeah. someone that with high athletic, high athletic traits, high athletic upside. Uh, corner. Uh, yeah, I want a good corner. And the Specific, question, specifically draft, though. I think so. You know, unless I want, unless you have a free agent who you know is playing the same scheme. Yeah. Like if you're a defensive coordinator, you just hired him from another place, yeah. and you're going to bring the guy with you, sure. But other yeah. than that, probably draft. Yeah, I would say draft because then you want to you want to build them in your system, in your language. So, yeah, I would yeah. say, yeah. Safety. I the being watching cam curl i did a breakdown of cam curl a couple weeks ago watching him like i'm a little bit higher on that but he's he's a special case you know he's a guy that's super smart he's big he's athletic and again he was a seventh round pick so i i like i like safety in the draft um because it's another one like corner that doesn't necessarily translate like jamal adams i mean part of that's injury but like jamal adams in seattle has not been the same dude earl thomas when he started to bounce around not the same dude and some of that was the end of their careers like jamal was not jamal was you know arguably the best defensive player in football that one the last year with the jets and then uh has barely played and hasn't played well when he's been in seattle um punter kicker long snapper uh you can you whatever you, you, uh, you got to have good ones, but you don't have to spend a lot of resources, which is nice. Yeah. Unless it's, uh, who's the guy in, uh, Baltimore, uh, uh Justin Tucker. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's Justin Tucker. Seba- Sebastian Janikowski. Somebody like first that. Round, yeah. First round pick, but actually wound up being a good one. Cause he was awesome for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Fine. Okay. You, you convinced me uh, yeah. kicker in the first round. 